Welcome to the podcast of Faith Chapel with Pastor Richard Rogers. It's a privilege to bring this message to you, and we hope it brings you greater faith, hope, and love in the Lord. Please know that Pastor Rich prays personally for you, our listeners, each and every week. Thank you for joining us today. Well, happy Easter. This message is an Easter message, and it's entitled Love Reigns. And I want to kind of set the stage a little bit. As Jesus was being crucified, the soldiers mocked him by placing a crown of thorns on his head and placing a sign over his head that read, King of the Jews. They did not see him as the true king who truly rules and reigns. And after Jesus' resurrection, he revealed himself to his disciples. And because of his victory over death, he claims all authority over heaven and earth. It was Jesus' love for us, my friend, that held him on the cross. And his love reigns in our lives when we place our faith, hope, and trust in him. So let me begin this sermon series uh, with the proclamation that he is risen, that he is risen indeed. Happy Easter. I can't say that enough. Today, we join churches from all around the world and throughout centuries in celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was the love of God that caused Jesus to come to earth and to offer himself as a sacrifice on the cross to forgive the world of its sins. It is also the love of God that continually offers us new life through Jesus, the risen Savior. So today, we celebrate and worship our risen Savior, Jesus. Today, we begin a series called Love Reigns. Together, for the next three weeks, we will be discovering all the ways that God's amazing love transforms our past, present, and future. Many people have underestimated the power of love. I would suggest, however, that it love is the most powerful force on all the earth. Many people, I am sure, are able to relate the kind of love that drove them to what to do in order to win their hearts of the girlfriends and wives. When I first met Margaret, my Wife of 42 years, I thought she was the most beautiful girl in all the world. And I still believe she is today. I remember when I first met my wife, I was unsure of how to start a conversation with her. I saw her from afar. I was in the Navy stationed at Lemoore, California, and I traveled up to the Bay Area to Hayward to go to church and to see her as often as I could. I'm not sure what I said to her, but one time after church, we went out to have coffee. I still needed to drive back to the base, but I wanted to spend as much time as I could with her, and I, we did that time and again. I would follow her home and make sure she was home safe and then start back about a three-hour or so drive back to the base. I'm... Not sure if she was all impressed with me at first. 
I was worried when I learned that she went out with another guy from the church, and I am not sure what came over her, but we started dating, and I believe I was and am the luckiest guy that she said yes to my question, will you marry me? But then I needed to speak to her mom and dad and ask them if it was okay for us to marry. I think that conversation was one that worried me the most. See, love was the driving force for me to ask Margaret to marry me, and it was a driving force for me to ask her parents if she and I could be married. And she said yes. They said yes. And the rest is history. See, love is the driving force behind our sacrificial actions toward our family and friends. We will gladly pay any price without a second thought in order to demonstrate how much we care. Love is powerful, and it motivates us to do amazing things. Friends, before there was ever an Easter Sunday, there was a Good Friday. And before there was ever a resurrection, there was the cross. There first had to be a death. There could only be one king. For 33 years, Jesus walked on the earth while serving the hungry and healing the brokenhearted and delivering physical, emotional, and spiritually oppressed people. Jesus announced the coming kingdom of God and the restoration of all things. He claimed to be the son of God and many believed him to be the true king of all things. Many were looking for a savior to deliver them from the physical oppression of the Romans. You see, this type of thinking and teaching caused a lot of conflict in the area that Jesus served in. You see, at the time, the ruler of the ancient Near East was Rome. Rome had installed a vassal king named Herod the Great to keep things in Israel under control. Herod was a tyrant and was constantly afraid that his authority would be undermined. He feared that another potential king would be a threat to Roman's rule and therefore had to be eradicated. Both Herod and Jesus could not rule over Israel. So the Jewish religious leaders and the Roman centurions worked together to have Jesus arrested. Jesus was brought to trial for his crimes and his claims to be like God. He was convicted and beaten nearly to death he was then forced to carry a wooden cross all the way to the hill where he would be crucified and die between two thieves. Listen to Matthew 27, 32. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. 
and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who were going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Friends, the crucifixion of Jesus was marked by ridicule and disbelief. The soldiers mocked Jesus by placing a sign over his head, calling him King of the Jews, even though they did not believe it themselves. Those who passed by mocked Jesus by telling him to save himself if he was truly the Son of God. The priests and teachers mocked Jesus, telling him to get off the cross if he really was the King of Israel. Not one of them understood that the true test of Jesus' power was the authority, not in his ability to save himself from crucifixion, but is in his ability to overcome the death that the crucifixion would result in. Sometimes we missed the proof of Jesus' lordship because we are expecting him to prove himself in certain ways and instead he does something very different. Many have decided in their hearts that they will never trust in Jesus unless he meets their expectations, unless he does what they want him to do. See, many have decided that unless Jesus heals their relatives, gives them this job, stops world hunger, or writes something in the sky, they will never trust him and obey his authority in their lives. They will never allow themselves to see Jesus as the Son of God or to believe that he is the Savior or King unless he does what they want him to do. This kind of mentality and spiritual blindness is the same that plagued those who were there at Jesus' crucifixion and death. It is the same mentality that drove Herod to be part of the death of God's one and only Son. When we demand Jesus to prove himself according to our terms, what we want, we rob ourselves of seeing his work in our lives. Herod was not the only one to be threatened by the kingship of Jesus. He was not the only one to struggle with the idea of Jesus being in charge. Truth is, many today still have a hard time with Jesus being in charge. 
Now, because I'm, I'm reading this and I'm going over this, it's over the podcast, I need to explain an illustration. I have a chair here next to me, and it's empty. You see, in our lives, there can only be one king. It's said that on the throne of our hearts sits the one who reigns in our lives. We must choose who occupies that throne, that chair, Jesus or ourselves. So now I'm going to sit in the chair, and when we are on the throne of our hearts, we sit in that chair, we make decisions based on how we want to live, what we believe is right. We often live selfishly. Or we can't allow Jesus to sit on the throne of our lives, and in doing so, we get out of the chair. So the chair is now empty and ready for Jesus to sit on it. When Jesus is on the throne of our lives, love reigns. We listen to his leading. We put others first. We live sacrificially. When it comes to the way a person speaks, acts, and lives, there can only be one king, one authority, one ruler in our hearts. If a person believes Jesus is dead, then nothing of this matters. But if Jesus is the risen Lord, if he's risen from the dead, then that changes everything. He is king. Jesus is Lord. Thank the Lord, love overcame death when Jesus rose from the grave. It was three days after Jesus was crucified and laid in the tomb to everyone's shock and amazement. He rose from the grave and appeared in bodily form to many of the disciples and others. You remember, he appeared to Mary at the tomb. See, this had never happened before. They all witnessed him being crucified and that he died. They knew that he was put in the tomb. They knew that he was dead, and yet now he is eating with them and walking and talking with them. Jesus' love for humanity kept him on the cross by the power of God. Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave, defeating evil once and for all. You see, Jesus' resurrection is proof that Jesus truly was and is the Son of God, the true King over all. There was a renowned artist named Paul who lived 1821 to 1838. He lost his passport in Europe when he came to the border crossing and explained his predicament to the one of the guards giving him his name, the official Dor hoped, that was his name, Paul Dor. Dor hoped he would be recognized and be allowed to pass. The guard, however, said that many people attempt to cross the border by claiming to be a person that they were not, and he needed proof. Dor insisted that he was the man he claimed to be. All right said the official, we'll give you a test. 
And if you pass it, we'll know and we will allow you to go through. Handing him a pencil and a sheet of paper, he told the artist to sketch several people standing nearby. Dora did so so quickly and skillfully that the guard was convinced he was indeed who he claimed to be. His work, his artist, what he did, confirmed his word. You see, Jesus' death, life, and resurrection confirmed his word. It confirms the scriptures as well. Though many doubted and mocked him, death did not have the last word or the final say. You see, the love of God has the final word. The scripture tells us that this is true in one of the most famous passages, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever so believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world that he set his Jesus to live and to die. When we put our faith, hope, and trust in Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, we will be saved. That is why we celebrate Easter. We have been given an opportunity for eternal life. We know that because the worst thing that could happen to us on earth will not be the last thing that happens to us. Why? Because we will experience the resurrection and new life because Jesus was resurrected from the dead and we've placed our faith in him. After Jesus was resurrected, his final words to his followers revealed to us the truth behind the Easter story. Matthew 28, 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Easter is the day that Jesus was given all authority on heaven and on earth. No matter how many doubt, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the King of the Jews. No matter how many mocked him. He was able to rescue himself and the entire world as well. No matter how many questioned his power, he did defeat the cross once and for all. The love of God was the authority and is now reigning over the entire world and our lives as well. Jesus' final instruction to all of his followers, was to go into the world to make disciples. He told them to spread the good news of his resurrection and love to all who would listen. Every believer is invited to share their testimony and teach the message of Jesus because it changes lives for eternity and it will change the world. One thought. Let love reign in you. I want you to have that thought kind of embedded in your heart. Let love reign in you.
Today, if you consider yourself a Christian, this instruction has been given to you as well. Not just the, for the one who, who was lost, but this instruction is for you as well. You are to be uh, a part of making disciples. The Greek word used in this passage for disciple is a form of the word which means learner or student. You see, we are to allow ourselves to be students and learners of the way of Christ and to help others become learners and students as well. To be a disciple is to be in a lifelong process of becoming more and more like Jesus, being conformed into his image. Over time, we learn to live generous lives. We learn to forgive. We learn to serve others. We learn to practice self-control. And we learn to be people of peace, of love. When we submit to the love of Jesus in our lives, we are compelled to live like him and to invite others to join us. See, that is what it means to let love reign in us. See, I became a believer when I was very young. I was not fully aware of my decisions that I made. But I knew that Jesus loved me and had died and rose again for me, and I wanted to give him my life. And I've seen my life change in so many ways over the years. I have spent 30 years of my life allowing God to have more and more of my life. I am a better husband, friend, pastor because of the decision I made to be a disciple. Remember, Jesus said, he would never leave us or forsake us. Matthew 20, 20, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Maybe today you feel like God has forgotten you. Know that you are never alone. And you're never too broken to be saved, to come to Christ. Jesus lives and dwells inside of those who trust him by the power of the Holy Spirit. This means that no matter what you go through or no matter what you face, you are not alone. There are two types of people. One, there are some who have never made a decision to let love of Christ reign in their lives and to follow Jesus. Maybe you've been waiting for Jesus to prove himself to you and it hasn't happened yet. Maybe you, you don't want to give up control of your life so you have never submitted to Jesus. Today I want to invite you to give your life to Jesus. Give him a try. Ask him into your life. I want you to offer him your heart and to become a disciple and a student of Christ for the rest of your life. Second, there, are, there, there may be some here today who have, have trusted in Jesus but have grown tired of obeying him. They've, they've drifted away. Maybe you've strayed from him and have lived the way you wanted to live. 
Easter reminds us that we can once again repent and obey. If this is you today, I want to remind you that Jesus promised never to leave you or forsake you. He still loves you and is still with you. Commit once again to live for him. Ask Jesus to come into your life and sit on the throne room of your heart. Confess your sins. Tell him you are sorry and ask him to forgive you. Then ask the Holy Spirit to work in your life and to seek the Lord with all your heart. Choose to take daily walks with Jesus in prayer and reading the scriptures and allow the word of God to conform you into the person he has called you to be. Then share what Jesus means to you with others. Live as a child of the King and look for Jesus' return and thank him for promising to always be with you for the rest of your days. This Easter, I pray you see the resurrection of Christ as proof of his love. And let the love of God reign in your life. Let it spill over into other people's lives. Today, join God in spreading this good news to the entire world. He is risen. Yes, Jesus is risen. The tomb is empty. Happy Easter. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will anoint this time together, that God, by your Holy Spirit, you will seal this message to our hearts and that the truth that Jesus is alive, the truth that Jesus is the Son of God, that he rose from the dead, that he is crucified, died, and buried, but rose on the third day, becomes ever so real to each one of us, and that it helps us to live each day with victory. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Pastor Rich Rogers with Faith Chapel Church in Pleasanton, California. If you've been encouraged by this message, we'd like to hear from you. You can contact us, listen to other sermons, and learn more at agfaithchapel.org. If you would like to give to the Ministry of Faith Chapel to reach the community and our missionaries around the world, go to agfaithchapel.org give. Thank you and God bless you.